Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little cooped up here. It's time. Uh, it's time for a move. I think get some uh, some space, some bigger yard, that kind of thing. What do you think? You are really gonna move, but like that's like that's a big deal. Like you can't do it that. It is a big deal. You're, you're scared to even leave your living room. <laughs> it's a. It seem what seems like a big deal moving isn't when you use the right people. You can use these sell your own home situations where you're you're bartering with a guy in your driveway for 45 minutes and you end up selling for $3 or you can use a professional that makes moving actually simple. Who are we going to use? But the problem is obviously Tom, but my worry is like you're so far, you're in Orleans. Tom will come to Orleans, he'll go to Russell, he'll go to Clarence Creek, he'll go to west of the Westie Village, wherever it is out there. <laughs> he'll go anywhere for you and make that experience that you were talking about of nervous or a lot of work, make it seem like nothing. Bastion and Ferguson will literally smooth out the easiest move of your life. Wow, even in Orleans, I just can't get over that. Yeah, once you hit 10th line, 11th line, 14th line, he's still coming. He's driving in his brand new Dodge Caravan, carries his family around in, will sell your home. That's what I'm looking for, an easy ride with Bastion and Ferguson. Look them up, he's gonna sell you quick and easy. Jason Whiting. Yes. A player that you coached who would last the longest on a deserted island. I'm going to have to say this is a hard, such a good question because I hate some of your stupid, idiot, arsehole <laughs> questions. But this is such a good question. I'm going to have to say Tyler Kerpina, who now plays in the CFL as a kicker. Wow. I just think, I just think he, he was the shortest one on the team when I was doing Fury, and I coached him for like two, maybe three years. I'm not sure. Um, and he, if he he could handle that league, which at the time the super wide league of the Fury was very good, and he was a dwarf, and he, <laughs> he played sweeper for me, and he could just I, I don't know how he survived against all these massive American kids, and he and he just never complained, just played. And his dad, Gino, I have to give a shout out, who is the craziest MF in the world. And he was my manager. He was my manager and he was hilarious. So if he can survive all that, Tyler Capina, and also become a kicker in the CFL, like he went to McMaster and won the, the Yates Cup or whatever they call it. Um, he, he's uh, Tyler Capina is my pick. All right. Steve. Great question. Steve, if yeah, I put you in a pit 
with one with one with one single wolf could you get out of it could you kill that wolf just one you know why like my initial answer is like there's no way i'm scared out of my mind but i feel like it's that like flight or fight like i would be so scared i would fight that wolf and i would become the fastest human and i'd fly out of that pit like the road runner how how deep is the pit yeah, that's you, a great you question. You can't get out. Only the one who survives gets a ladder down. Oh, like I can't even run out and run away from the wolf. No, you have to fight. So there's someone watching. There's many people watching. <laughs> I have an audience watching me. Who's <laughs> watching? Who's watching? The entire Liverpool team. I have. Oh, to, I win. God. I have yeah, to win. Wins. He wins. Like, that was stupid. See, you just ruined the whole question. Yeah. To see, no, you like, ruined it by asking me who's watching. I'm, yeah. I'm scrambling now. <laughs> yeah. Another great question. Oh, that's incredible. I think I beat the wolf at a pure like fear of obviously dying. You know, like you, I'd I'd summon up energy. Do you grab its mouth or its dick? I, or I think dick? I have to go right for its mouth, like in a headlock. Yeah. Or you know what? I wouldn't be opposed to kicking it right in the balls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I do it for sure. Which Liverpool player do you look up to for inspiration? Oh, so Andy, good. You won me Andy back. Robinson. Andy Robertson. Oh, for sure. Easy. Like, cause he's like he's witty and he's like gritty. I'd look right at him and if he nodded at me like Braveheart, I'd just destroy the wolf. It's because you're Scottish. That's a Scottish nod. That's true. Money okay. would just like look at you and just like glance away. It's just so calm. You need Andy Robertson. Hey, disinterested. Disinterested. He'd have sunglasses. Okay. Soccer snobs. Episode number six. We are over halfway to 10, which is crazy considering uh, I didn't think we'd make it very far. But with that, we're going to U-turn away from interviewing uh, world-famous Tom and uh, best Ottawa here. We're going to go back to the meat and drink of what we are and that's coaching okay coaching love it youth players senior players whatever so i'm gonna ask you guys a question right now okay but is meat by meat and drink did you mean meat and potatoes no it's a meat and drink that's a declan bonner saying i said oh I, I i've heard it from him many times and i and i stole it and i'm gonna get really from that. yeah if we're following declan bonner the show is gonna fall apart yeah, <laughs> it's going to turn into a party. Oh, my God. Okay. Coaching courses. Coaching courses. Are they important? Should they be mandatory like they are? Why? So I'm going to throw it to Jay to start here. Jay, okay. should coaching courses be absolutely mandatory and why? Uh, I'll preface it in saying... Um, Coaching courses are only for people who are designed and have fundamental characteristics to be coaches to polish themselves. Otherwise, no, I don't think they're mandatory. Um, I I think, you know, some of them, especially in Canada, aren't, um, haven't been that great. Um, I think they're improving. But I think if you are, you have the qualities of a coach already, Taking a course helps you polish your craft and, and and professionalizes you. But if you don't, if you don't have the characteristics to be the coach, you can take a thousand coaching courses. You'll still be shit. So yeah. 
there, there's, there's no point in taking them. But if you have the qualities already, I do think that they do help uh, seeing what you don't like, what you do like, and talking with coaches and, and just getting out there. I do think there is value in it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to throw it to Steve. So they are mandatory, right? Like you can't, I, I mean, let's, uh, let's be uh, totally clear on that. They're mandatory even to take a U10 team. You have to have certain fundamental course. Like you can't no. just coach. No, no. You, you, you could take them without having qualifications. You just won't get paid uh, per whatever. Most clubs say, well, whatever your qualifications are, we'll pay you that to coach OPDL, yeah. you have to have yeah, yeah, yeah. thirteen and above. I think you ha- in in those provincial leagues. I think you have to have certain qualifications. Yeah, in the OPDL. So I'll throw that to Steve. The OPDL should, like for example, yourself. I don't know if you've got even level. Somebody like Steve would not be approved to coach an OPDL team, for example, you know, which or is insane. Yeah. Which, which is, again, goes back to my original question. Why are they mandatory? Steve? Uh, well, what level is it for OPDL? I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. I think U13 is provincial B, not a pre B, but a provincial B, which is now I think a national C. And for U14 and above, it's a national B. I, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with your answer, Jay. I have no, like I can't be devil's advocate that much. I'll be devil's advocate to say to your question, Mark, I think that uh, I think mandatory is a good thing. I would Jay's point about polishing and coaching characteristics is bang on. I think what I like about mandatory, some of the things we talked about in previous episodes is just giving a baseline to some people who may coach a U8, 9, 10, even if it's a, a competitive level three team or tier three or whatever, they need sometimes some of those um common sense things you know don't show up with a coffee make sure you have a lesson plan they're not a natural teacher and they don't know those things i mean i know when i was 15 and and i was with tony harrison working he sat me down and said you know as a teacher coach you have to have a lesson plan you have to come prepared i think i would have come prepared i don't know if i'd have written a lesson plan but that helped me immensely just to organize myself and get some of that basic common sense stuff uh so i think for that respect they are uh, they should be mandatory, 100. Um, but but Jay's bang on with the rest. It's it's more of a polishing uh, after you get to a certain point. Yeah. Okay. Because that's my uh, that's my next kind of follow up is is more like I look at it <clears throat> or I see it from an angle of you know it's kind of like you're paying for a fishing license or you pay for a a boating license like is is it not can can it not be seen as a cash grab because i've attended some of those courses and i mean especially the ones of the younger ages i know i don't want to throw out names but how much can you really learn from that you know like, is it, can it be a cash grab is it a cash grab or am i off the mark here i'd like to start on that like uh, i actually remember talking to uh mark dos santos when he came here with fury and he said that you know it is a driver's license it doesn't mean you're a better driver than another driver, but you have to have your license to be on the road. I thought that was a really good way to look at it to address your, to address your cash grab. Uh, I, I would say it's the difference in quality of your courses. If you look at someone like Jay, who's done the UEFA stuff, I think it's night and day what he's brought back and showed me that he did. I'm currently doing one. It's even just an online one mentoring because of COVID with Raymond Verheijen. It's a year course. Um, and just even that, or just at a different level, 
So I think someone like you who has a lot of experience in soccer might see the first level of common sense coaching and that as, as a cash grab because it's you don't really need it. You have those characteristics. Yeah. I, I Like even Steve and I, we did this course. Colin McCurdy said we had to do this like advanced coaching courses before the pre-B. This is like a long time ago. And I had my UEFA B and National B at this point, but I still went to this uh, course and I went with Steve because I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to see what it was like. And Colin said, look, just do it. You have to have it. I was like, fine, for the last. Steve and I went. Steve was coaching Algonquin, like, I think at that point. I don't know what it was, but we're like Fury, high level, everything. And we both failed. I don't know. We, we both didn't. I, I always say we failed. Steve gets mad. We never got our passing letter to us. But I still learn something in that. And, and you still learn, like, even in the lowest basic course, you're still going to learn something. Not to be cheesy about it, but even as a teacher going to teaching workshops and everything, I just did a webinar this week, like, four hours a day each. It's like, it was boring, but I still learned what not to do, what to do, like, just to make yeah, this. Yeah, I think, I think we'd both, and or any coaches in general, would be, ignorant or extremely arrogant to say you're not going to learn from them like in that it does bother me when you say we failed because i'm positive we pass and i harassed them for like a year because the guy told me we passed and it was like my ego was shattered but i agree with you you still learn you know you pick up things that you might do and you pick up things from being around other coaches so that's obviously helpful you know like it's a it's a very kumbaya type answer there but you do you know even if it's bad habits yeah okay so i'm gonna flip it a little bit here i i you know uh, you you need um you know tons of experience and years of <clears throat> coaching courses uefa pro all this stuff to manage men in the premier league or in other big leagues in the world and the way i see it and i think jay and steve would see it similarly maybe not but coaching kids is probably the most important thing in the world so why is it a one weekend course to coach a kid and 10 years to coach a, a, a man somewhere? And I just want to read you a quick quote, quote from our, our favorite uh, Verhai in there is it takes teachers over five years to be able to teach children. But after a weekend of a no pass fail course, you're able to coach children. So what's the difference there? I love that, Mark. You just like rocked my world that's so good like yeah well done it's so true like i remember like people when i was like steve's assistant for so long and um they would and i said you know what it's just something in me i remember telling you guys like i, I just need to coach you 10 it's such a like such a difficult thing to do but you you have to love it and you have to really understand how to coach kids and it's it's one of the most it, it's so hard but people always saw like um, you know, it was like me taking a step down, like, oh, why, why are you just coaching kids? You're wasting. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the future. Like, that's, it's like, it's so hard to coach them. I, I think for me, it's easier to coach them because I, I lean towards it. I think it's harder to coach men because the man management, I'm not really interested in, um, you know, I like, you know, rubbing shoulders with the players and just sort of getting an idea and, and then reporting back to you and Steve and saying, okay, guys, these, these guys aren't, these guys are feeling like uneasy or they're tired. Like, what do you guys think? And I, I like being that little reporter in that way. But Steve had such a mastery of, of man management and Mark, you, you just were in tune with everything. Um, 
but like so everyone has their kind of niche but i think not anyone like you said say you can't just walk in and coach you nine like impossible you have to love it you have to have the energy you have to understand it you have to know the pedagogy you know have to understand kids you're right it does take a long time and you're right i think it it should be like flipped upside down yeah well yeah. that's that's yeah so just, i'm gonna throw this to you steve and don't lose your point that you have right now is just i just i i find it's a weird thing that new coaches are like okay well you start in the young ages and then season your you know why are we starting these inexperienced coaches with the most important group of kids or group or age group, Steve? I think you're nailing it. And I would agree with Jay. Like, so I, I obviously coached at the, the older age groups. I found it easier to adapt, adapt to and adjust. And, and I just like, I just was desperate to win and find ways to win. And, and, and it's harder to coach you 10. It really is. I mean, I lean on Jay for that. I, I lean on his teaching experience. I lean on asking him things like, how do kids learn and and how will they learn at this age? And is it realistic to expect them to do X, Y, or Z that I would, wouldn't even think twice about? You know, I, I, I reach out to the Kwamis, the Sean Edwards, Dave Barbiers, people have had experience at that age more than I have. Uh, I would think something people could learn from me is I, I spent a lot of time just coaching, getting out and coaching as many sessions as I could to hone my craft and whatever but what what I'm lacking is is to coach men I didn't need those levels per se you know I didn't need those coaching courses it's arrogant to say of course I did and and it's contrary to my last answer where you, you do need it of course you do but to your point Mark I need it now more than ever like I need this course I'm doing with Raymond Verheyen like I need to know my 10-year-old son for example He's not motivated like Tom Beatty was when he came here to, to be with Fury. It's so it's even a different man management. Like that learning and and I can't even say the word Jay's trying to get it pedagogical whatever. Like like I can't even I'm so dumb I can't even say what it is, but just that that learning path of a child, like that's massive that you have to have in there. And 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 I've taken a lot out of the Raymond Verhyan courses for that. Like, you know, this is where a, a kid would be, and here's how you have to help teach them learn, you know, the whole when to learn how to pass and dribble and and why why is it such a bad thing to have a kid that's selfish at 10 they're 10 they're selfish let them score 100 goals let them score 200 goals why is that a bad why would we hold them back cuz a a parent thinks they're being greedy no nah, that those parents need to re reevaluate where those kids are like that's i can, I, I can kid this morning, uh, score in our uh, soccer he must score about 10 goals straight and i and i watched the parents start saying pass 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 it was just a a pickup it's the wrong the wrong attitude yeah and i can back you up on two things the first thing is when you were coaching pdl and algonquin and winning at the highest levels like very successful mark and i were with you you didn't have your levels in quotation marks but you did a lot of personal research like you you yeah. understood sachi's defensive organization how he did that and we did that with the pdl yeah. And we did we did some of his exercises and it really helped. And you you understood. We were looking up Raymond Verheyen when he wasn't right. that famous. I, I think Mark brought him up and we're like, oh, my God, this guy could change the way. I wish we knew more about him. I think we, we always talk about that. But you you were a self. You've always been like kind of like a self-motivated learning. Like and that to me is the best kind of learning is it has to be like what particular part of coaching you want to learn about and, and learn it. The coaching yeah. course just gives you, it just makes sure you understand like safety and professional guidelines and all that stuff. It's important to have, but really what you do always is 
your own research is the best. And also to the U10 thing, you, I remember Luca at home was trying to do this one move that actually you, it got from you through me when you came back from uh, your, your uh, scholarship um, in the States, Geneva. And I showed out like this, Steve showed me this move. So he kept on doing it. You let him do it in training. You gave him that. And he, he kind of mastered it. Now he has that in his toolbox. Any other coach of that age might say, stop doing the move, play it through the lines, play it through here. It's like, he's nine years old. He needs to, he needs this move in his toolbox so he can get out of trouble in when he goes forward or whatever. So I've seen you do both. So I'm backing up on both. This is a really cheerful episode. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> I, I, and Mark, well-researched because you're killing these questions. Killing yeah. me. So I'm going to throw one that's probably controversial now. And yeah, I don't know either way. Honestly, I don't really have an opinion because I've done both. But I read another good quote from RV that uh, that kind of spurred this question into my head is, should all youth coaches be getting paid like they do? You know, like, and it goes back to the, again, these are the coaches that are starting up. So we're giving these young coaches almost, you know, whatever, however uh, much an hour to do this. Now, are they doing it for them for the right reasons or are they doing it for the kids? Uh, and the, the RV quote was, you know, coach, I think we both retweeted it, Jay, something like, you know, the uh, youth coaches should never use kids to further their career, mm -hmm. you know, or, oh, or yeah. things like that. And I, I, I sometimes it bothers me to know that these young coaches are getting paid when they should be, you know, learning their craft and that kind of, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I don't who cares what I think. What do you think about coaches getting paid? Go for it, Jay. Okay, yeah, this is very controversial. Um, God, um, I, I I think it goes back to what we just talked about. Is like if if you are a quality coach and there is there's a program in place. I, first of all, I think in Europe they don't get paid like in Ireland and all of Ireland. I remember going to a coaching course last November and the the coach of Dundalk who was in UEFA Europa League and they actually managed to go pretty far did not get paid one cent he had a UEFA pro license huh. and I was like what like that's crazy like and then you come to Canada it's just but there they they support like government supports local sports programs our government is doesn't you know as much as they support health and all that stuff they don't do sports sports in canada is like it's not very promoted that's why we don't do well on the international stage like it's not yeah. rocket science you know so there's not much money in it for you, you have to draw coaches in it and I, I just think in parents because we they're so like i guess parents make enough to, to pay for it, but then you there's a lot of kids who are left out i, I personally think it should be free but then on the other hand, it's like if someone's putting has the qualifications, has quality and gives a lot, they should be compensated. Should they be compensated way more than people around the world? No, but I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know the answer to that. It, it's very it's a very good question. See what do you think? I, I, I well I'll I'll take a total stand. I think they should. I think that to Mark's point, I think 
that it's reversed. I think that you should get as many of the best coaches at U10. It's tougher. Put them there. I think you need those players to learn at 10 before they've developed bad habits. And I get them at an Algonquin and say, we're limited. We can only do this because these players don't have this basic technique. I mean, look at someone like me here who we all rate so highly. And obviously, whether his family voted him top of a poll or not, he's still in the conversation. When he went to Europe, he just told us he was missing basic pieces of work rate tactics like that's because he's he's not getting enough here and he's not getting it young enough like i think they should be compensated and that and like whether that's millions of dollars no but they should all be getting at least compensated for time and if they're putting in the time to to look at things like the rvs of the world and 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 how kids learn like you're putting in time like i know i put in time into my lesson plans i don't just wing it on the way to practice i try to do like a three months ahead how do i how do i structure things and to me that's work that should be paid for and it's not to promote what i do i know there's tons of coaches that do that for sure a, a sanjeev at at futuro is not just running sessions off the cuff he's planning out how kids learn and he produces good talented kids i i and to add on to that i think um kids or young coaches who start out don't necessarily need to get paid um, I, I encounter a lot of them and I have to tell them like a story of like even myself coming back with a national B and UEFA B and I did not get paid in my first year or two years. I was an assistant to Gordy McDonald. I remember. Yeah. And yeah. only when Gordy wasn't there, I got paid. Yeah. And I was okay with that. And I took a bus. I had Steve and I coached once where a player, I got a drive from a player's mom. I was in the back, the front seat <laughs> with the player and his mom and to to soccer it was like to to coach you know it was insane but i would have done anything to coach because I, yeah. I, I knew i would do it for free That's so amazing. yeah I, yeah I, it's hard to argue with steve i just like i think we need to find a balance i think it's gone a bit too far i think that's where you're going mark like some coaches who just walk in like you're getting paid and i see your yeah. session it's awful you know what i mean yeah well that's yeah. my that's my issues like you know, people like Steve and Sanjeev and you, you know, you, you, you earn it and you do it. And then, you know, there's many that don't, but my, also my point to that is like, it goes back to the, to the fees. I mean, the fees are getting raised and raised and raised for kids to play summer soccer. It's almost 700 bucks. And is that because all sorts of coaches in the club are getting paid and we got to pay for this? You know, yeah, that's, that's a good point, Mark. That's a really good point. It's a lot more than 700. And I would say most of the clubs in the city, like it's, it's now it's, it's as much or more than hockey. And that was always a selling point, at least in North America for soccer. And, and let's just be blunt about what soccer, where the best soccer players are coming from all these different countries that have a culture. I mean, Jonathan, David, I know he played at Gloucester. He started at Gloucester dragons. There must've been a reason, right? Like would all these guys, you know, I, I'm even wondering, can I afford some of this for my own son? And I like, so it's, are we limiting? And I think everybody knows, and it's probably a very easy response that we probably are limiting a lot of our players. I totally agree. Like I can't afford, I just got notification of how much it's going to cost for Luca to play. There is no way I can afford that. There's no yeah. way. And I'm yeah, a teacher. Yeah. My wife, we, like we do very well. There's like, it's almost a thousand bucks. Are you crazy? Yeah. A thousand it's, bucks. It's for true. What? It's it's exactly what Steve said. I was at the park yesterday with my kid. We were playing soccer. And there was on the other side of the field, there was a uh, a family playing. 
think I think they were speaking French. I couldn't really hear them anyway. And there was a kid looked like King's age it was unbelievable. And then my first thought in my head, because we're all mental, is I'm going to ca- talk to him, get him on King, recruit him to where I to where I yeah. coach. But then I'm walking over and I'm thinking, I don't. I, I mean, I almost felt guilty. I don't want to financially burden this kid. Get this kid excited and be like, yeah, yeah come play with me, man. I'm. We got a great deal. Oh yeah, by the way, that's eight hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's yeah. almost a deterrent now. Like, I I felt stupid going over to him. Yeah. So what's the solution? Honestly, yes. the only thing is, I think it's what you mentioned. If if there's no companies or sponsorship or government funding, we have to pay. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah. You, it's a it's a catch twenty two in that respect. Like I don't have the solution, um, but like you just don't have clubs like like in soccer mad countries that are that are bringing kids in and. You know, I'm sure some of them go too far and start trying to pay them and do all these deals to get the best talent. We, that's a whole other issue. But they don't pay when they come into those clubs. Like they're just part of a training center, and there's no burden financially on their parents. And it's you, you can bring in the best that way. And it's how many more Jonathan Davids are out there? Yeah, in maybe, Ottawa. Yeah, maybe that kid I saw yesterday. It, you know what I mean? You, you never know. And I think Zlatan said something when he left LA to go back to Italy. He's quoted in saying he was absolutely floored at the prices to put his kid in soccer in L.A. It was like for the time he was in L.A., he spent over like six thousand bucks just to have his kid in a in an academy. And he said it's not like that anywhere else in the world. How are they making Zlatan's kid pay? I know it's crazy. Well, if anyone should pay, I guess it should be the rich guy. But sure, sure. Abe, Abe Donzo showed up in my session, Fury, 12 years old, which there's no way he was 12. Sorry, Abe. Um, 12 years old, came in, flip-flops, everything. Didn't, he didn't even have – I don't know he had shin pads or anything. And I'm like, do you play? And he's like, yeah, I play. He ended up going on trial with Everton, scoring three-goal hat-trick against Manchester United, which is equally crap. And he played with uh, Barkley. Ross Barkley. Ross, Ross Barkley. Yeah, Ross Barkley. And uh, he ended up getting injured, but he ended up going Algonquin and being an all-Canadian. Um, I, and I, t- to be honest, I lost touch with him. But he, he, everything was subsidized for him. And uh, he, had, uh, he got adopted by the principal of the school. And, uh, you know, everything was subsidized. But if he had to pay, like, it's like, no, you have to pay. If there was we would this guy scored 28 goals in a nine game season for me in U14 in the Super Y League when it was really a good a standard 28 goals he he was he came from Liberia. he came from the same refugee camp i think as uh what's his name uh, that Bayern Munich Davies yeah well steve nailed it steve nailed it at the end of the day it, how many kids are we missing because of these fees yeah. and because of this? And we are, and I, we can, I can, you know, we can all personally guarantee we are missing those kids. That's when I, where I like, I'm a huge soccer nerd and there's tons of people that'll feel the same uh, of the four that listen to us, but it guts me seeing that it really does. It absolutely guts me. I I hate it a lot. And I'm going to give Jay credit and maybe he doesn't want me to tell a story, but Abe scored all those goals on that team. Jay just put him on the team and dealt me didn't have to pay. And he told them after the fact that when they were like, wait, is this kid paying? Jay's like, no, but they'd already slapped his name on the website of how many goals he scored all these weeks. And Jay's like, well, he's just on my team. Like that's guts. And that's like a place where I'm not saying coaches have to go at all, but I, I respect you immensely for doing something like that. Like he got 
into things because of that action you made, but it shouldn't come to a coach having to do that. Like you actually, in a way, risked you being the coach of that team by making a move like that. But that's the kind of things you have to do to compensate. And, you know, and there's lots of people out there doing it for sure. And it's, it's just a shame it, that it's at that level. Yeah. Well, I agree. All right. So we're going to move on, but heavy, I want to heavy. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. I all like, I have so many more topics. I want to talk about like coach when you're talking about coaches, Jay uh, coming in and, um, sorry, be not, not getting paid in that. Like I'll, I'll mention one name. Like there's a, a, a guy who co- I call him a kid. Cause now I feel like an old man named Chamal in uh, West Ottawa. And uh, what an attitude this kid has. He's, he's been asking me to just, you know, come and, and, and coach with me and be an assistant and learn. And, and we've sat and talked, like we met at a Tim Hortons, like so Canadian. And we talked about coaching, you know, standards and all this stuff, like what a great attitude. And he just wants to coach. He just loves coaching and he, he's not asking me for any money and he's not asking me to ask the club. And I just find that like such refreshing attitude. And I know there's a lot out there like that, but to Mark's point, there's a lot that want to just come in and say, I won the U10 uh, premier league. And, and at the end of the day, it means absolutely nothing, like absolutely nothing. If you win that, you know, people will remember the stories we're bringing up on this show, not who has the most U11 titles because they pressed at U11. Like it's like in basketball, you you could press and you're going to win at U11 because they're not physically ready for it, mentally ready for it. And congratulations that you did that, but you're not coaching. Coaching is developing those kids. The best quote I heard is uh, universities and professional clubs and whatever. They don't sign teams. They sign players. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how many league cups or whatever your team has. They sign players, not teams. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we're going to move on to a rapid fire segment, and I'll kick it off with a coaching question. When you're coaching, do you wear your boots or do you wear running shoes? Boots, always, uh, as much as possible. Even indoor, I wear indoors. I, I, I'll i give a shout-out to one, to Gordy McDonald again. He, he wrote on our uh, – on our uh, Instagram that like act like you've been there and look like you could have done it or you can do it still. And I think you get respect from your players that way. And honestly, I'm just still a player who wants to play and I'm like a frustrated player. So I wear them. I moved uh, from wearing boots or, and and then turfs to where I wear running shoes. Now I'm getting old. I need need to play tennis. You want to play tennis when you're there? I actually love tennis. If I wasn't in soccer, I'd love to be in tennis. We'll do a tennis. (laughs) Tennis snobs next week. Oh my God. Tennis is so good. In your old timers games, how long in minutes is it an acceptable amount of time to play for you to be happy? (laughs) That's such a good question. Oh, I love it. This is so controversial in the old timers world. Go ahead, Jay. I never want to come off and I know what Steve's going to say and he's totally right. I can't argue with him, but I never, ever, ever want to come off ever. I don't care. But realistically, if I'm being honest, how much I can contribute, if I'm actually trying to play the game the way it's supposed to be played, 38 minutes. Like, really. <laughs> I don't think I can last more than that. Like, so but I want to play the whole game. So specific. No, Jay, I, I feel the exact same. I, I've been the, like, the nerdy leader or coach of these teams, and it's tough to balance. I never, ever want to come off. I'll, I'll take myself off, and I hate it. It's got to be a half a game. Yeah. yeah. Who would you rather, okay, I'm going to, it's not a would you rather, but I'm going to throw it in here anyway. Who would you rather marry your daughter, Sean Pound or Mike Gagliano? 
That's a good question. What a defensive pair they were together. Oh, oh, they were good together. They didn't even speak to each other. They spent all their time speaking to Steph LeMay and telling him how they want him to run around. I'm going Sean Pound. I, sorry, Galliano. I love Sean Pound. Just love him to death. And I, and you know what? I don't know if we've said it. I'm gonna I'm extending this answer, and Mark's like, stop talking and rambling. But Sean Pound, if he had a coach at U8, 9, and 10 who gave him the fundamentals, and it's not a shot, Sean Pound, if you ever do listen to this, it's such a compliment. He had everything to make it as a pro, and he just needed that bit more technique that he actually got when he was older. I, I, I've never seen someone's technique improve from 19 to 2021 20, by playing futsal. It was incredible, and I just thought, if this kid had it at 10, professional, somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to go Galliano. Sean Pound's too white for me. Oh. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. When you're playing, he needs a tan. He needs a tan. Yeah. When you're playing on field turf, are you wearing regular boots or are you wearing turfs? It's a great question. Uh, okay, I'll. I I went. I was doing boots. Now I'm terrified because I tore both ACLs, and people are. Some people tell me that it's because of the boots, even though I know it's not because of that. I'm going to move to turfs from now on, but I was, I was doing flats even in our summer soccer because Ottawa fields are awful and it's dry and you can get away with flats. And I did it for like three or four years, but then I started getting like bone spurs or whatever. Just, I don't know why, but I do, I wish I could wear boots in those, but I think I'm going to move to turfs. Such a senior citizen answer with all the injuries and bone spurs. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. I wear boots no matter how, Correct, Jay might be in his medical analysis. If you're a referee, what color shirt do you buy? (laughs) Before or after I hang myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's the worst job. It's so bad. It's like being a traffic cop. (laughs) Yeah, because most of them are absolute losers. Um, I, I think I'd go... I think I'd go red yellow okay all right so now we're gonna move on to actually no i'm gonna ask this two more questions who would win who would win in a real fight (laughs) jay your wife or steve's wife (laughs) it's such a good they're best friends holy cow are they in a pit we moved the wolf. In a pit. Is the wolf we dead? The wolf. Yeah, and we've, we've thrown your two wives in. <laughs> I could see Patricia using the wolf as a weapon. <laughs> like the wolf's dead teeth, like just trying to do something. I don't know. Patricia's pretty fierce, but Lisa's like, she's she's strong. She's yeah. very strong. It's it's intimidating for me. She punched Jay in the gut once for no reason. It was amazing. Yeah. Everybody asked, why'd you do it? She's like, I just wanted to. Like, that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I'm going to move yeah. on. I'll let you guys get away with that. Oh, thank God. Who would win in a race? Steph LeMay or anybody you can think of that played soccer? Who could compete <laughs> with Steph LeMay? Speed-wise... Well, what about that Zoom kid, like uh, Martin's son? I, apparently, he was pretty vast, and his name yeah. is Zoom. Like his name is Zoom. That's name the best. Zoom. What is it? Langua. Langua. Lang- yeah. Yeah. What he, a great name. Yeah, I know. That was and the like, best name ever. I, 
I heard he was pretty fast, but Steph's like Steph's acceleration and the way he runs, it just looks like no one can beat him. He runs like a Thompson's gazelle. He has this like bounding effortlessness that you see on National Geographic. And he also like, I don't know if I've ever seen him go 100% because he's never needed to. It's, he, I'm going Steph LeMay. Didn't he race like who, who, Algonquin? Wasn't there like a race? Who's Who else was fast? Will. Will and Steph. Will. Yeah. No, I think no, he ran the fastest. Yeah. I think he ran backwards and won it. <laughs> Would you rather? Okay, we're going to hit in a couple, a couple of these now. Would you rather? In one of the most important games of your life, would you rather wear flip-flops for 90 minutes or carry a bowling ball through the whole game? Oh, oh my God. Holy so cow, Mark. Stupid, but so good. Oh, oh, my God. I need to know for the audience, when did you think of this question? I need to know the time I'll tell stamp. you exactly this question. Yeah. I was yeah. sitting down watching TV. And I, uh, I looked over at my uh, patio door and I saw a bunch of flip-flops and I was like, that would be super hard to play soccer. In <laughs> and then I thought, I thought you're, a you're, you're a child. You're a baby. You've just established you're a child. I, that's yeah. why I love you. That is amazing. Oh, Mark. My God. You are a child. Your life is so free that you can <laughs> your mind. God, I love that. I love you so much. Um, I... God, I would have to do the bowling ball. I just can't see myself. But that holding no. ball. No, no, no. It has it to be flip-flop. It has to be flip-flop. 225 pounds. I was a fat bastard for a while. So I, I'll do the bowling ball. I'm used to it. I wow. can carry it. No way. I'm already slow enough. I can't be slowed down anymore. Like flip-flops, I just feel like I could be speedier. All right. God. Your son. Would you rather your son be a professional video gamer or love hockey so much. Oh my God. That's directed at Jay for sure. Yeah, more of a that's, Jay question. A, yeah. You're addictive. provoking, Mark. You're provoking. Yeah, you are. You're poking the bear. I'd have to say love hockey so much. Look, I love I love the game of hockey. I love Steve and I played road hockey. And I can tell you we we had a I was going to Algonquin, okay? And I was I needed this credit to to pass this this year of uh, film whatever tv broadcasting i missed a lot because of soccer so my professor said look you're, you're gonna fail because you miss so much and he's like then we started talking about hot road hockey he's like i'm so good i'm like well we'll play he's like i'll tell you what if you beat me if your 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 team you come up with beats my team i'll give you a passing uh, grade in the course this is algonquin this is legit so steve and i get a team steve's brothers in goal who's amazing by the way goal and then we had all these guys i don't know if we had jimmy zito who's like the best hockey player road hockey player i've ever seen um but like we had uh, who else do we have benacci we had some other guys and then we we're playing we're winning like eight nothing it's going up to 10 so things are starting to get sour my professor slashes steve by mistake and steve calls him an (laughs) a-hole The game kind of fizzles out, ends. I end up failing the course. But that's how I love. I love hockey. I just can't stand the NHL. I can't stand North American the way North American runs sports. That's all it is. 
he deserved it, Jay. Who slashes someone on the hands like that? It was, a, it was an yeah, asshole move. Nothing like, worse than a ball hockey slash to the finger. Oh, really true. But it's stinging you and you're like, oh, yeah, Nothing worse. Okay. And hockey. The answer is hockey for me. Yeah, you're, I knew you right away. Would you rather bite the head off of a living mouse? <laughs> Or drink one shot of a teammate's sweat after training. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Teammate sweat. Teammate sweat. Easy. I'm not yeah, biting the head sweat. of a mouse. Come on. Teammate really? sweat. Oh yeah. Wow. Mark, I was no you would bite the head of the mouse. What That's would you pick? Stupid. I, I was thinking mouse, but now I think I'm crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> what about mouse riddled with disease and stuff? Oh, oh, I was thinking of that singer there that does it every time, every concert or whatever. What? Ozzy Osbourne? No, uh, the other crazy Alice Cooper. He did it at every concert. Oh, yeah. You rack. think it was real? You think it was real? Come on. I, I don't know. I'm okay. looking that up for next. You're show. a kid. You're gullible. Yeah, you're a child. That's a he wears flip flops during this concert. Yeah. <laughs> How, who would you rather have dinner with? Will Ferrell or Messi? <laughs> wow. That's a good one because they're different I, want, I know I want to say Messi because I love soccer, but I feel like after 10 minutes, we'd just be staring at each other. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know, so it's true. like, hey, uh, and he's you talking about your language. Like, I, oh. Remember when Ronaldo was like uh, doing that interview? It was like champ. It was like, who's going to win play of the year. And he's like, yeah, Messi and I have been, you know, have a relationship for this long. He realized how weird that was. He goes, well, we haven't had dinner yet. And it was everyone. <laughs> on his lunch. Messi was just like smiling. It was like, Steve, I think you're bang on. I think, yeah, you nailed I think it. I'd ask Will Ferrell to dress up as Messi. And then, <laughs> Oh, wow. You knocked that out of the park. Wow. Okay. Would you rather, okay. You're going Skydiving. Would you rather go skydiving and have Louis Legakis pack your parachute <laughs> or go bungee jumping and Huffman's in charge of the elastic? <laughs> oh my God. So Never have I wanted to say neither in my life more than oh this question. Oh my God. So, Huff, okay. I, God. You know what? I think it's safer to jump out of the. The plane, I think. Where, where am I bungee jumping over? Water? Over the pit of wolves. Oh. <laughs> Great job, Mark. You just ruined his, his answer. Uh, I'm going to go bungee with Huffman. I think he's a good businessman. I've seen him in business transactions. I haven't seen Louis. Yeah, Louis, sorry, man. I think Huffman like wins this one just because I think it's a simpler... Uh, execution of like a task, whereas Huff, like Louis to do all that. There's too many steps. I think. There's a lot in the backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Louis. Love you. Okay. Last, last. Would you rather before our quiz question? <clears throat> We're going back to the pit. You're, <laughs> you're trapped in a pit of snakes. You can only call one person to help you fight them off. Dice or Fellaini? Who do you call? <laughs> Dice. Yeah, I'm answering Dice a lot, but like Dice is fierce. I think the snakes would just be scared of him and leave. Yeah, I think Dice because he just looks mean and he looks like he he's up for a fight and he's he's brainless, so I can get him to do it. You know. <laughs> 
All right, so here's the final quiz question. Steve is up three to two from oh. the quiz. Okay. Or no, why? no, why? no, no, it's two, two. Every no, week you do this. It's I got the last six. one. I got the last one. No, uh, Steve yeah. got it. It was the Warriors FC question from yes, Tom. Yes, with Tom. Oh, so it's three, three, because I got the SpongeBob. No, no, six. this happened the same thing last week when he said it was like, yeah. okay. stop doing it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so here's what it is. It's the first one to yell it now. Oh, my God. Okay, so you both have to be ready. We're going back to Will Ferrell. What soccer movie features Will Ferrell? Kicking it. Kicking screen. Jace was in there first, but I'm not sure he said the right thing. Kicking and screaming. No, I think, I, I think he said kick. <laughs> yeah, he said kick something. Okay, I'm going to give it to Jay until we, until we go to the tape. You know, hey, I think this is what happened. Game. I'm going to tell you what happened and be honest. I said kick, just kicking it, which is stupid. <laughs> and then Steve said kicking, and I was like kicking and screaming. No, but think, you didn't. You didn't get it in a. You didn't get a second one in while I was still saying the word kicking. I think I I went right after you when you said kicking, and I just I, I did it louder. Come or to on. Steve. Or to Steve. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Watch okay. the tape. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I think that's it there, fellas. Yeah, I'm going to say one <laughs> worst ending. I'll end it for the host who just destroyed it. And now he's like sitting with the best posture ever after saying that for some reason. Oh it's God. so weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I posted something for on our online, and I think I, I'm fascinated to watch it, and I totally got the time wrong. But that Jonathan David uh, bi documentary that's supposed to be on TSN, Iceman, like people should watch that. And I don't know. Did either of you catch when it's actually on? No, but I'm gonna. Uh, maybe I'll. We'll, I'll check on the, on my guide, and we can throw it up on the snobs. Uh, social yeah. Media stuff. I thought it was today at 10 a.m. and it wasn't on. I'm dying to watch that. And there's like local people from Ottawa and stuff. Like, what a good story. I'm dying to watch it. I just wish it was on a platform that I'd watch and not after CJOH on cable, which nobody has. <laughs> unbelievable. But I would die to watch it. Yeah. All right, that's All right. it. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. Love you guys. Thanks very much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and of course, leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in touch, you'll find us on Instagram at soccersnob1, on Twitter at soccersnobs1, by searching for us on Facebook, and of course on the web at www.soccersnobs.ca backslash listen. You can leave us your opinion, give us any comments, and if that's where you want to get nasty, feel free to do so.